Well, I successfully chunked a punch out behind a birch tree. Uh, Mike's got a downhill lie, 214, into a crosswind. Um, as a uh, as his scramble partner, I could say that my job was very successful. And uh, he may have hit it into an aqueduct, which the ancient Romans would very much appreciate. Um, man claimed uh, he was going to hit a cut, and I've never seen him hit a cut. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Welcome to the Break 80 Podcast. This is numero 10, our 10th episode, brought to you by Bogies. Lots of them for our podcast crew lately. I'm joined by the usuals, Tim and Mike. Well, boys, sounds like you were not able to find the cup at the Founders Cup. No, tough scene, tough scene. We were hot early, though, as, as, as here we go. Timmy here. She's taking cart, he's taking cart paths. She's trying to hit the low pitching wedge under a tree over the water. With a cut. Oh, and instead he hits the high wedge through the tree to 20 feet. Uh, just like, I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up any better, could you, Tim? No, the, uh, the bank the bank was an excellent play there. Uh, <laughs> the, the budding leaves, or the lack of leaves, really helped. Nobody, nobody can play bank shots off trees better than Iowa kids. We, we, were, we were kind of we were rolling a little early. Not so much me. Tim was rolling it early well. It was it was just too much loft on the club. It it definitely had some cut spin. It was uh, I stand by that shot. Yeah, and I, I almost made that downhill birdie putt. Mm-hmm. He had all things working for him there. Everything was working for him there. Little little little, <laughs> little bank shot. Flared the four iron off the tee a little bit. The uh, the smart layup never works out. So the mojo early at the Founders Cup, and you know how did we progress from from you know money shots like Tim there? Well. First of all, uh, shout out to Mr. Tubbs there at the Founders Cup. Uh, a couple things here. The merch was great. Great merch. And whoever made the breakfast burritos might be a top, might be the best breakfast burrito I've ever fucking had. I mean, that was great. I had a second one turn too. Maybe, that, maybe that's what did it. I don't know. That, that was an epically good breakfast burrito. They move fast in the digestive system was the only problem. <laughs> Better than the rest of my diet moved them quickly through my digestive system. It's uh, up in the air. Yeah, we played all, what did we, what did we start out with? What did we start out with? Four ball, best ball? Uh, that was, uh, that was best ball. Yeah, I topped, I did top one in the water on the par three to second hole. That was good. Oh yeah, gosh. Well, I, I had an eight on the first after playing it safe to the right. Hold <laughs> uh, an eight iron. And I've got some grievances there. Why is the OB stake? a yard not even a yard off the cart path and the cart path is a yard off the green so effectively it's two yards off the left side of the green 
you know, they got to buy some, they got to buy some more land. Those, those folks that own those condos next to, to Greeley have way too much backyard space. Yeah. So Timmy Anklin left. I went about 20 yards over the greens. We started out a little rough start with a bogey. We had a bogey best by bit, managed to make a bogey. And then I got on two and topped one in the water on the par three, but Timmy made a par. Yeah. You know, yeah. Got my squat numbers up. I can I can carry uh, two hundred and thirty pounds <laughs> <laughs> right on my back. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had to carry me away there for about. I'd say it took me about four holes to get going, but I, but then I played pretty solid. Tim played really good in the morning. So, do you guys think it was? Uh, you know, was it? Did you try to force the issue? Did you not get enough pops? Just too squirrely oh, off the box. What the is what's the combo? Here's the here's the deal. Uh, the, 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 it's a great event. It's awesome. It's fun. Awesome dudes. Everybody. It's, it's sweet. I don't know if we, I don't know with our, with our handicap, if we go there even expecting to have a chance to compete because there are so many bumps. Um, I do have a grievance with the handicap system because you have, uh, Greenlee is not the most difficult golf course in the world. It's got, it's pretty short. Uh, the par three is played like one, 30 one of them was like 150 some wasn't it tim um the one of the par fours is like 250 um, to be fair the par threes do have have fairly small greens they do have small greens and they're elevated um when the par fives you know are reachable so it's like I, I think you probably got players who are coming from other courses that are probably more challenging so they got a higher handicap and they get a lot of bumps we had a we had a three net two in bo- both of our groups that you play different 18s of different people um so it was a tough scene for us when it came to the when it came real, to the bumps. Real scumbag move, right? <laughs> Tron, yeah, scumbag move, as Tron Carter would say on uh, knowing up. Three for two. Uh, but uh, every it seemed like every hole, like they're like, oh, four, four net three, three net two. I'm like, what is going on right now? And here we are, just grinding for pars, just grinding four for net, pars. Four net four, four net four, four, <laughs> four, net, four net four for us every fucking hole. Um, so yeah, yeah makes- I don't know. We uh we did have a lot of missed putts though. I mean, there was we were in the realm of possibilities, fifteen to twenty footers on a number of occasions, especially yeah. on our first eighteen. And just, I horseshoed a couple. Pencil grip was rolling uh, it pretty good, but they couldn't they didn't fall in. You know, nothing seemed to drop, and that's that's I mean that's fine. How we made up uh, uh, strokes during our abysmal play on the second eighteen is beyond me. Yeah, I don't even alternate shot. We were just a dumpster fire, just disaster in the afternoon. We had double bogeys and we were a shit show. Four club is always fun though. Four club is always fun. Uh, hole number. What hole was that where I was, where I played three different holes on one excursion here. I got, uh, we got some footage for you. Folks like any good explorer, we're well off the beaten path here. Mike has, uh, has missed another fairway um, <laughs> by hitting a different fairway on a previous hole. He was two fairways wide left, and uh, we're looking at playing down no man's land, uh, 150 yards right of the uh, concurrent hole that we're on. Uh, I'm playing on 10, but I'm about to hit it on the 12. I think he's going to play a uh, something of a, a low rise punch shot seven iron over. Over some electrical boxes um, by a couple, couple very big fern bushes. Here he goes, folks. Oh, and he's pushed this well, right? He's going to have 200 yards in. 
he has lengthened this hole. This was not on the scorecard. <laughs> I want to know. Well, I want to know if you teach the kids how to do that. I hope I got my phone going here. There we go. Um, it was not 200 yards. That no, was it. it wasn't. It was it was 110 yards. But I got it right. You, <laughs> you had pushed listener, it even what, further right. What the listeners have to understand here is this is four club, and I had driver, seven iron, sandwich, putter, and after blasting one, we're playing hole eleven. After hitting the tee shot onto hole ten, the the smart play. The high percentage play was at the seven iron up to hole 12 to get me to sand wedge distance, which I did hit on the green or on the fringe and made par. Did I make par there? I might have. Maybe, I, maybe, I, might, I might have three-putted. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think it made birdie there. So it, Yeah, it, Tim it made birdie. So it, it was a matter. tough scene. It was a tough scene for me. I was all over the place. But uh, four club is always fun. I, I given, given 20 clubs in your bag, I don't think you had a single shot to make it back into the playing hole, though, that you were on no. based on the tree. That was the that was the high that was the pro play. You go up you go up a different hole. Tim, what four clubs did you choose? I uh, I had the short driver. So uh, how to cheat with Tim segment early? Uh, always carry multiple clubs because then you just don't count them. Any redundant club you don't count. That's the rules of golf. So two drivers counts as one driver. Two putters counts as one putter. Easy math. Uh, so I carry two drivers. One with a three wood shaft um, and one with a a regular 44 inch shaft. And I, I brought out the three rear shaft because uh, that one, I, I love hitting off the deck. It's, it's money. Um, we might have some coverage of that later on. Uh, so I had driver, six iron, nine iron, great combo and uh sandwich. And then I just bellied that sandwich for money um, as my putter. Tim is a world-class. Well, I, I, I'm not even exaggerating. Like he may putt better with a sandwich than his actual tailor-made putter. World class sandwich putter. I have played. Uh, I've played at least six to seven holes at Kiowa Ocean Course putting with the sandwich, and I think two to three at uh, Aaron Hills. So, two top one hundred or two top ten courses putting with the sandwich. Um, having having left my four hundred dollar investment in my bag, being so frustrated with it. So, <laughs> I actually I I love the four club part. Four club's fun. It is. Yeah. You, 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 you got to kind of like use like the one short par four is like 240 or whatever. You slap a little cut driver and you got to try to like hit seven iron 150 yards, whatever it is in the one on the one par three. And you just kind of, you kind of mess around with shots. It's fun. If, uh, if the wind wouldn't have been up so much, the both of those par threes would have been the perfect club selection. It's just the wind got so high there at the end that uh, just ended up flying both of those, both of those greens. We uh, for the second straight year we we did not come away with any kind of uh, any kind of uh, they give away mugs um, for like top five and they give uh pure cuts make pure cuts makes a a championship thing. I saw uh, that. Too. Yeah, we talked to them. We, we gotta get them on the pod sometime talking about their them. projects. They for said sure. they'd come on, but uh, and no eagles for us this year. So we didn't even get any hockey puck this year. Boy, Fucking we a. just got. We just got sucked dry from anything from both Christ. Of well, that's, Holy crap. that's what happens when you leave me at the helm of scoring on the first 18. <laughs> we parred, we parred two par fives on, and two man best ball in the back. <laughs> Can't happen. We, had one, we had one, Tim hit a good drive and there's like whole tens is dog leg left and you can, you can cut the corner, you know, and I, I hit it literally to the farest reaches of the water. And of course it was warning track power. 
<laughs> so we got net pars. Mm. No, well, no, they were par pars. Okay, gross. But not right. not good not good enough when we're playing when when the guy's playing with you we have a three net two. So I we're think, fucked. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that handicap thing is true. Like you know, a lot of times where you play a lot often, you know, if you play a course like I play Albion Ridges a lot, Monticello a lot, courses I'm familiar with. Not a lot of trouble. I know really well. So my handicap gets down quite a bit, but that also means it doesn't travel very well. I mean, if I'm playing comfortable courses where I know where to miss and, I'll have, and I'm playing a place that I've played once or twice and don't really know the ins and outs, I tend to not play at my handicap. I think it sounds like that's the opposite where you're playing. These guys probably play like a lot harder courses and they go to, you know, a nice easy course or easier where you can hit it kind of anywhere, except for just right of the car path. It sounds like. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's you, well, you, know, you get, you get pops and you're, you know, you're, you're kind of freed up and you don't have much stress and you're get a kind of free will where you guys are coming in with not much, any, you know, strokes at all. I don't know. How, how many pops do you guys get? Uh, I got one, you, maybe. I think we I might've got three, three yeah, or four. Get many. What it's, it's always hard to say too, because, you know, somebody could be playing really well or they could play it. They could play a tough course. Like in our, in our second AT, we played with Andy. Who, by the way, at my three, I'm still working that three percent of a signing bonus deal. Once he's going back for his fifth year at Mankato, uh, shout out to you, Andy. But uh, I'm always gonna remember that 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 verbal, even if you're drunk, uh, verbal verbal contracts are binding in my opinion. Um, verbal agreements for that three percent signing bonus. But uh, his partner got a bump on like the last three holes, and he was just peering driver on the middle. And then hitting it and making birdies. I was like, what is going on right now? We're getting bumps and we're making birdies. Like, I wish there was a way where you could do something with handicaps where it's like, you can like the lowest you can go is a par or birdie. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't know. Cause it, cause the, cause the, the course we're playing is easier than a lot of courses. So you got guys who are probably able to make a lot of pars out there that are getting net birdies, but I don't know. It's all in good fun. So. That's that's the thing. It doesn't it's, matter. It's a it's a it's a great event regardless. Exactly. It comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Well, anything any other footage or things from the from the Founders Cup as we we move? I guess we say before we kind of move on, just some of the um agenda that we got. We're gonna kind of wrap up the Founders Cup. Tim has got a fun little trip. What's new? Yep. Coming up uh, starting tomorrow. And then we got the Wells Fargo recap by our Nelson preview. And then at the end, I bring up a topic that I would like the, the boys to discuss with me. So we'll leave that for the end, but anything else from the founders looked like a great event. I know uh, um, it's called the honorable uh, How does it go? Company of Minnesota golfers. Uh, yeah. I followed them all weekend. They had some great footage. Yeah. Give them a follow on, uh, sure. on Instagram. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's fun. It's a good group of guys. Um, the Rochester guys with the Epic bus uh, took, the bu- took the bus to, to Albert Lee. That's great. Tim and I, yeah, Tim and I, even made better, our, huh, Tim? They took they took the bus to the Arby's afterwards, where they had to get out to walk the uh, drive-through together. Tim and I made our second annual pilgrimage to the Mexican restaurant in the uh, in the <sighs> Albert Lee Mall afterwards. And for the second straight year, I've been on the toilet by the time I got home. Buddy, it got me too. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did not. I, I had no awareness of the fact that Phillips makes a scotch in a plastic bottle because they had one at this Mexican at this Mexican <laughs> uh, restaurant. Is this when we start advertising for the Scotland trip? If anyone's interested, I emailed. I started emailing today. Started emailing all today. the all the scotch from Phillips and plastic bottles that you can handle if yep. you come on the uh, 
the Scotland trip with us. Yeah, if anybody's listening uh, and wants to go to Scotland next, probably August of 2023, send a message because I've been emailing courses. Troon got back to me and said, what are, the, what are the exact dates we have availability? So I, I heard from Troon already. All right. Um, so there's a podcast head note uh, over yeah. the pond. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to speaking of, of travel. Um, Tim's got another venture on his hands, and uh, I think it's coming up um, starting tomorrow. So, Tim, what do you got for, for travel this week? I am excited that the travel uh, season has started for myself. Uh, again, getting terrible luck because uh, if, if our listeners have looked at the weather and like all golfers, I'm sure that they have. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous here in the cities. The trees are budding. Everything's green. It's going to be almost 90 degrees. Snow and We're Myrtle? Go... Snow and Myrtle? <laughs> no, thank God. Uh, rain and Myrtle. Rain and Myrtle Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So half of the half of the trip, more than half of the trip, going to be consumed by rainstorms. Um just now remembering that I've already sealed up my golf bag. So the rain gear is going to have to go in my, my carry on, but uh, yeah, a little, a little disappointed that the um, depression cloud of, of weather anomalies has continued to follow my golf trips around. Uh, so if you're looking for an invite, I would love to go, but don't invite me. Um, things won't work foot, out in our favor. Do you have foot dry rain gloves? Uh, I've got an off brand. Okay. I'm telling you right now. Footjoy ring gloves, top three invention of all time. Probably internet, the Taco Bell quesadilla, and then <laughs> and then the foot and then the footjoy ring gloves. I mean, they, the footjoy ring gloves are epically great. What was that list? The internet, the, <laughs> the yeah, Al Gore, Al Gore, Al Gore on the internet. The Taco Bell quesadilla is so good, and it, it saved Taco Bell. And then the rain gloves, it's like, it's like you could put them in the shower and just soak them and you're going to grip that club and, and you could, you'll be able to even hold on to it for your practice thing, which is, which is a humongous club head speed. See, I was going to put low rise socks, capitalism <laughs> and, uh, and the American Eagle. <laughs> so actually I'd like to change that uh, Abercrombie and Fitch number three. Uh, so going to Myrtle beach, it is our third annual. Um, a bit of a travesty the first year around the COVID venture where uh, Zach Shenfish flew into and played Harbor Town, um, flew up, uh, played one course at the, uh, at the resort, Legends, um, which has a PB die, Pete die, Moreland, um, a Parkland course designed by the previous owner or current owner of the course, and then I, one of the original, if not the original, Tom Doak designs on his, his own merit, um, all on property, a course called Oyster Bay, 35 minutes North, and then a course called heritage 30 minutes South, all that are free to play with your stay at the resort and limited amount of times. It's a great deal. It costs around $600. You've got a breakfast ticket for food, a, a lunch meal ticket for food and three beers allotted for, for your stay. Three um, beers for the stay? What the hell? No, three beers per day. Oh. Three beers per day on the ticket system. Yep. So all of that included with with stay. So it's a fantastic deal in Myrtle Beach. Um, the the course conditions ebb and flow, but back to that first year. So Zach and I finish up the very first day of play. Head to the uh, the pub that's on property called Elsie's. We're walking back. We decide to call it early. It's ten p.m nice early night we've got a, a big day ahead of us um 
where we're getting up early and, and teeing off as one of the first tee times and walking on the pavement in the street and Zach gets bit by a copperhead snake in the heel. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we elect not to get an Uber because we're staying on property for the majority of the time. Well, anyway, we're, we're attempting to find an Uber at, at now 11 o'clock at night uh, for him to, to go ahead and, and seek medical treatment for the poisonous snake. His leg is, Oh, what's, I don't know. Is, is, as big as a, a, a little small sapling tree. It is, it's getting wide and the pain is, is becoming unbearable for him. So they stick him in the hospital. Did you suck the poison out? Did you suck, you suck it out? No, I, I wasn't sure if you suck it out or if you pee on them like a, a jellyfish <laughs> and I wasn't going to, <laughs> make the determination there in the parking lot we did uh, fortunate enough being from the north we don't know what poisonous snakes look like or are so there was uh, a gentleman smoking a heater out front of his condo runs over looks at the snake goes you want me to get a shovel or a shotgun me being me i go get the shotgun out of the truck uh runs to get the shotgun comes back and the snake is slithered away so we almost got our vengeance but not quite uh, but he informed us that it was a, a poisonous snake and we had to go to the ER. So um, four hours later, he gets released. He's very loopy. Um, his leg is even larger, which I didn't think was possible. And it takes him three weeks to, uh, to get back on uh, that leg with any weight. So first trip to Myrtle, not great. Second trip to Myrtle, a lot better. This third trip, I'm coming off of the bend Oregon fiasco, missing two top 100s. And, and we decide, along with these, these courses there at the resort, that Zach and I are going to leave Thursday to go play um, Tobacco Road, a Mike Strands design, and Southern Pines, uh, Donald Ross. Um, interesting and uh, we'll call it a fact, uh, a point of contention. Southern Pines finished in 1906. Pinehurst finished a year after, but Pinehurst, Pinehurst started, Pinehurst number two started earlier. Pinehurst is um, considered the earliest of the, the Donald Ross courses. Um, however, there's, again, a point of contention where Southern Pines was actually finished first. So we might be playing the original, original Donald Ross while we're down there. Um, but a lot of fun and, and we'll try to grab some some course content for the uh, the viewers the other big news is that southern pines and tobacco road both have confirmed tumblers in stock which i thought was very exciting there you go and uh, yeah. you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to dig into some research down there if you can confirm this but the word of the street is that mike strands was on lsd when he made tobacco road um i don't know it's the ultimate risk reward so i would you better fucking if i see content of you laying up we might have to end this relationship as friends. I've, be, I've already might, heard you better be going for from multiple time. people, multiple, multiple people that you, you can't, you can't play the, uh, the tobacco road course soft. You got to go in and you got to, yeah, you got to take the lines. There's a lot of, a lot of hidden open areas over what looked like dead zones. So you just got to go for it. It's like the ultimate risk reward golf course, supposedly driver off the deck, baby. There we go. Um, which one are you looking more forward to? Having played two other strands, uh, I think probably the strands because it's, it's the easiest uh, single designer to get done that has any kind of resume. Um, so I think that outside of the, the top 100 quest, I'd love to get just a, a Mike Strantz course uh, book completed. Yeah, for those uh, of you listening, he died pretty young. He aged 50, 53, I believe. And I think he's only got 10, 
10 individually designed courses, but they're all so out of the box. They're so wonky. True Blue, everything was so big. And, and Caledonia had just amazing bunkering waste areas and um, it, just just some of the lines that you have to take to be in, in the best spot possible are incredible. So really excited to go play another. Have you ever, have you ever been to Myrtle, Jeff? I have not. I've, I, honest, I, I mean, as far as travel goes, I've golfed in Florida. I've golfed in Wisconsin. I've golfed in California and not, I haven't golfed a lot in the world. So I have value to get out a little bit. The value capital of the world. I think our, our five day, four night stay unlimited golf and all the things I talked about is because of inflation up to $640. That's pretty good. So it's, oh, yeah. it's incredibly cheap and uh, there's so much else to do just because it's a bad tourist town as well there's there's the beach obviously but there's a host of dive bars where beer still cost four dollars fried food costs 13 dollars. and uh my favorite thing is is probably getting getting a couple drinks and uh making mini golf way too competitive um as is the mini golf capital of the world too i've never been to myrtle but maybe see if my take is right here just from what i've seen on tv the internet is it like wisconsin dells of the of the atlantic ocean yeah, it's like uh, it's like if you pumped up the Wisconsin Dells with the ocean, with a boardwalk, with better total amenities, and and magnified it by like twenty. That is, <laughs> that's not a fair. It it it's somewhere between it's Wisconsin Dells mixed with um, like the Jersey Shore mixed with Atlantic City. All right, sounds perfect, sounds perfect for you. That sounds like yeah. I, that sounds like a good time. Like, what's the outfit gonna look like? It. it sounds like you need to wear some sort of a. I the mean, big hat, the big hat will be on for sure. Well, yeah, I, no, I've got, I've got the, I've got the straw hat packed. Actually, it doesn't pack well, so you have to wear it onto the plane. So I look absolutely ridiculous leaving Minnesota in my my southern straw hat uh, to to go play golf down down there. Uh, so that's that's getting packed already. Um, we've got a host of pastels and light colors, white pants, of course, um, and then a bunch of Hawaiian shirts. So Dunes Dunes Club tour visor. Uh, so the, that's a great year. Cause, cause the, 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 the straw hat I have is the dunes club as well. I just, I love that place. It's one of the, still one of the favorite courses I've ever had with just their bunker cutouts and their white sand. Um, and their great logo. It's just, it's a simple alligator with some script below it. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go all dunes. Tourvisor, that's a great tour visor. And I'm a tour visor guy. Everybody knows I'm a tour visor guy. Yep. And that's a good one, but, oh, this I've, is, this goes, goes back to our founders cup timmy and i for all, timmy and i decided to go <laughs> first first 18 first 18 they do a lunch in between the 18s we had normal hats on you know we're just we're just get out there and we decided we got to turn this up a notch so we went we went tour visors for the back 18 and it, we did not play up the tour visor standard we did not hank lee biota would be fucking embarrassed by us lumpy lumpy would too <laughs> you guys need the michelle wee visor yeah, take a really big one level. But that Dunes Club logo is sweet. Dunes Club has got a sweet logo. I do have the uh, I've got the the custom T-shirt packed. I've got the the Dunes Club belt packed, and I'll be wearing the the Dunes Club straw hat. So I just don't know if I throw in the visor with it too. Could be over Dunesed. Well, let's give give Timmy a follow. Hopefully, get some decent content. Hopefully, the content isn't you sitting inside waiting for your you know the rain to to go through. Hopefully, it's you actually golfing. I'll- 
I'll play in the rain. Not, not a problem. Again, I'm putting some more rain gear in and right. I'm going to Tommy two gloves it in every way possible in Myrtle beach. <laughs> Absolutely. Great oh. invention. Great. Let's go. God bless whoever created those. God bless them. Well, let's, uh, let's get going to the, um, the PGA. And we had speaking of bad weather, I thought this was one of the funnest golf tournaments to watch personally. It was a, it was a good time. The Wells Fargo, um, I thought, first of all, the golf course was, was fun. I mean, just take the weather out of it. The golf course was fun. Um, I, Max Homa pretty much pitched a complete game. I mean, I couldn't, I don't think he did anything. I think he did everything just fantastic. I mean, from putt, you know, putting is kind of usually his weakness. He hits the ball really well, typically, but his putter was unbelievable. Um, played, played well all the way around Saturday was, I thought the most entertaining day of all of them, just because it's fun to see them play in really bad weather. Cause typically that's not usually the case. You know, if they have a little bit of rain, sometimes they delay or they go in, but they played through it. The cold, they had stocking caps on, they had double gloves on. They had, oh, I is, love seeing that. It is amazing what these pampered Southerners. Yes. Think it's cold, cold, windy and wet though it was. So they were playing Sunday. They were playing lift, clean and cheat. So they were ready to go. They were ready to roll. They were, they, they were, they were they, Rory claimed they wouldn't have needed to. They claimed the course was good enough or they wouldn't have had to play uh lift clean and cheat, but they did. What'd you guys think of the course? Uh, I don't know. The designers, as, we knew it was going to be good. As, yeah, of course. Pete Dye and Tom Fazio. I mean, you couldn't ask for two better people to design it. As far as our CPC courses come for me, it's to me, it's one of the more fun ones to watch. Mike is turning the corner, folks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think the weather, I think the weather, I think the weather, the weather had a lot to do with it, though, making it fun <laughs> to watch. Well, I love just like I love a start where it's like you have to earn your par to start. You know, the first hole, kind of a tougher par four. I like that. Like I, I feel like you know, it makes people have to kind of squeeze a little bit tighter and and know that they've got to hit one in the fairway because if not, it's going to be a long iron in. Greens are tough. Um, so I, I don't. Know, I think. Starting with that, and then they had, I think the back nine had some fun closing holes where it's like, you know, if you if you hit the fairway, it could be a birdie. If not, it could be a bogey. That's kind of what makes drama. But uh, just watching the guys, like, hit seven irons, 140, you know, like, where they they just look normal. You know, like, they, they look human. And just watching them, like, try to find a way to score in bad weather is entertaining. Like, sawed-off shots, like, bunting drivers. I mean, that, I, I like some, like, when they had to get creative. I don't know. I don't know if you would call Keegan Bradley's pre-shot routine human, uh, but it, I, no. I have a tough time watching it. No, he's he's brutal. He's one big ball of anxiety. Like, I can't like. I feel like I get worse watching him. Like I get. I I feel like golf is harder when I watch him play, just by watching how stressful it looks. Yeah, Rory. Rory was talking about how he had like five layers on, and he was going up a club on everything and taking like three quarters things because of the layers of clothing. I was like. Huh. But I love that, you know, that's yeah. the part, like, it's like, I love that part. Like he, he found like what was going to be successful. Like I'm sure a lot of these other guys try to bomb the bomb every swing and try to, you know, out, out, outpower the course. And he just, you know, I'll hit six irons from 150, you know, and be fine with it. So. Yeah. And I, I, let's talk about Rory for a second, before we'll get to Max Homa, but I think Rory's coming around here in, into major Trending. season. He's played pretty well the last month. So that's, that's good. I like, I, I love, I love it when Rory's in contention because Rory always has the threat if he's up somewhere I'm going, I'm shooting like 62. I think he hit, I think he hit, um, you know, in terms of Rory, he hit some fantastic shots, but I still think he tries to muster too much out of wedges. Sometimes it's like, 
why he's bailing out on a he's like 130 out and he's i don't know if he's trying to smush a 60 degree or what he's doing but sometimes like those little wedge shots he just tries to get too much out of him flares one flares one right or spins one off the green if he could just find a way to kind of dead hands justin thomas a couple wedges here and there i think that's the one area that he needs to to still get better at yeah i don't know he's 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 always good in, in wet conditions i don't i don't know if it's because of that he can hold fairways a little better with the driver or if it's because from Northern Ireland, but if you think about some of his big wins, like congressional was wet as hell. Um, yeah. He seems to play pretty well in wet conditions. So you call him a mutter. Yeah. He's a mutter. Rory, definitely a mutter. Um, yeah. I mean, back to Max Homa. I mean, I, I, you know, he's basically a machine. I mean, I know he made every once in a while, kind of a, I think on 16, that was a bad bogey, but I mean, he hit every shot that he basically needed to hit made every putt that he, essentially needed to hit yeah and that's just thing. solid he putted well i think i think max homa is, a, is an elite ball striker he's got a really good golf swing um he i looked this up today um i got a lot i got a lot of of, of strokes gain this in this episode here for the next two segments uh and for those of you who don't know strokes gained is basically your performance for that round against the field so how you do comparative in all these areas to to the field um and for the year t to green he's 27th and approach shots he's 25th so he's you know he's as consistent as they come ball striking but um putting he moved way up he was he putted well he moved up to 29th he was you know like middling around kind of like 60th so kind of average um but if he puts well he's a factor i think his 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 biggest area is around the green, 30 yards, not counting putting, anything around 30 yards where he's 134th. And he was negative, um, negative 0.670 to the field. He was he was actually worse than the field uh, from 30 yards and in, and he still won. Because he's such a good ball striker, he doesn't miss a lot of greens. Sounds like, uh, sounds like kind of like you're talking like uh, Cam Young style. Yeah. Uh, that was, hey, got, by the way, that was one of your guys. That's one of the guys you put people on. Don't take, you know, take some credit there. You put people on Cam Young this week. Uh, yeah. Well, let's come back to Cam Young. Cause I, I got a take on Cam Young here, but my thing with Homa, um, does he, is he going to contend in majors? He has, he has yeah, not to, to this point. He's three for nine and cuts made and his best finish is 40th. But well, um, since since the beginning of 2021, he has more wins than Rory, Rom, Spieth, JT, Bryson, DJ, Xander, and Brooks. Does so, he have a for a U.S. Open though? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He, he's not very good if he misses if he misses a green. That's that's his biggest weakness. Um, is is around the green and putting? He's improved on so. At some point, he's got to contend, right? He's he's I, he's too good I mean, a ball striker to not. I think I think that happens first, either in the Masters or the Open, yeah. depending on how he plays in the wind. But I feel, I feel like he can. He's going to take a ton of confidence from this last win because it was you know tough conditions, tough golf course. Like you can only take a lot of confidence after winning a, a tournament like that because that was not a a birdie fest. Or I mean, you had you basically had to get you know get pars when you needed them, and that's what a U.S. Open is all about. So. And he's right. won on tough golf courses. He won here. He won at Riviera. He yeah. won, uh, like, so speaking of President's Cup, you know, people, he, I would think he's probably going to make the team. Maybe he might need some good major finishes to do it. That's at Quail Hollow. 
where he's won before. Won. He won there. Um, you know, he's had four wins since then. I, I don't know. I, he's an interesting guy. You listen to him talk, uh, and he's got really good perspective on things. Yeah. I thought um, just kind of, you know, he's, he's pretty laid back. He's, you know, he's roasting people's swings on Twitter and whatever and going on bar stool and everything. Um, yeah. I, I like Max Oma. He's good for the game. I think. I think he, uh, I posted this on Instagram, but I, I'm a kind of guy that hits a bad shot. And I tell myself I suck. And he, and he kind of said that he doesn't say that anymore. He used to say that he sucks and this sucks and I, the weather sucks and he doesn't say anything sucks anymore. And he just kind of gets that positive mindset out there and, Ever since then, he just, I mean, when he's in contention, it seems like he closes. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's not, I don't, can't remember a time where he hasn't, I mean, he, he missed a little putt at Riviera. I think he had like a three and a half footer to, to win it in regulation, missed it, but then came back and won in, in the playoff with Fino. But other than that, he doesn't show much nerves or he doesn't look rattled. He gets up and down when he needs to. I mean, he, I think they've retooled the swing a lot from when he started on tour. They've reworked it a bunch. It's really good. And just, like to think how many reps you must take that he he got up there and just nutted that tee ball in the last hole down, down the left side barely barely missed the bunker i mean you could hit it any better it was like the longest drive of the day yeah a little adrenaline there so mm-hmm. yeah he's uh he definitely we'll see if he takes it i mean he's he's a good player but will he take the next step which is which is <laughs> what we talked about well let's talk cam young your thoughts i got a hot take on cam young i think I might be wrong. I've been wrong many, many times in my life. Um, I think we have a budding superstar. I, I think Cam Young is like 38th in the world golf rankings right now. But I think by God, it could it be by next year even? He could be a top 10 player in the world. He is really if, if his putting gets a little bit better, he is good. He's T to green, strokes gain 14th right now off the tee second which takes into account like distance and accuracy and he freaking kills it he's got the hideki like pause the top yep. and Love just it. destroys it and he's strokes gain total he's 18th and uh putting he's 66 so you know that goes down into the 200 so it's not like hideous but not you know where it needs to be um and he has four top threes this year on, on a variety of courses riviera harbor town um potomac he, he he's a stud He's good. I mean, I, I followed him because I, I, I did pick him in fantasy this week, not for our thing, but I, I followed him quite a bit. And I, I was surprised on how many just, you know, he, he'd have like a 32 foot birdie putt and he'd walk away with the bogey, you know, yeah. and it's like he lost by two and his putter was for the most part, pretty abysmal. Like yeah. he, he numerous times he missed four, you know, he was stuffing it to four feet like crazy all week. And he just would miss, you know, ones that he's supposed to make or Fitzpatrick would make like a 10 footer and he'd miss a four footer, you know, it's just, it's a, it's amazing that the, the, how, how the putter can, can definitely win you weeks. And, so and, yeah, if he gets a putter cleared up, he's, and uh, I think guys, you know, come and go and they have hot years, but Cameron young this year has been a staple on the leaderboard. You see him all the time. He's good. I like his temperament too. I think he just, I just like the way, like, you know, he, he misses a, a putt he's supposed to make, and then maybe he'll bounce back and make a putt that he's not supposed to make. And he just looks like he's got a good temperament about him, um, which, you know, as we know, for the most part leads to, uh, you know, people having success in, in high anxiety times or, you know, down the stretch when they need something, you know, he just looks like he's a guy that could potentially uh, close one out or, or find a way. Cause he just doesn't look like he's rattled. I mean, maybe inside he's 
a disaster, but on the outside, he looks fine. He's not, he doesn't look like Keegan. That's what I'll say. Over the ball, he does not look like Keegan. Keegan, well, Cameron Young, I think both his parents are PGA pro teaching pros, I think. Okay. Uh, Keegan's gotten worse. Like his, his pre shot routine has become even more bizarre. He does the step up like multiple times and stuff. 15 club twirls. Um, I can't believe how low his club handle starts. I mean, he's a tall guy and he just like squats down and his club handle seems like it's down to his ankles before he yeah. takes the club back. He's a good ball striker though. But he does. He hits the ball well. And then he always like leans like it's way right and then it's right at the flag. Like I get bothered by that too. Most of the guys you can see what they, the reaction, it's like, oh, he thinks it's good. He starts leaning right away and then it's right at the flag. He's a guy, I think that's another one where like, PGA Tour really amplifies putting, and he's he, if he was a better putter, he would have won a lot more. He's a pretty good ball striker, for sure. Well, let's talk about one more guy. I, I think you know there's probably more to talk about, but you know people got things to do. So let's get to to Maddie Fitz, the the babyface killer, the flagstick runner, whatever you want to call the guy. He he simply likes tough conditions and hard courses. So I I don't know that he just he likes to make par. Yeah, you know, the more I think about this, he's probably the perfect guy to have Skechers. <laughs> because, you know, you, you know, you, you you go into the store looking for golf spikes and you, you get down to about the eighth place option and you got Skechers. You, know, you don't even think it's a thing until you get there and, and, there, and there they are. And, you know, and Fitz, he's kind of like that. Like, you, you don't even think about it really before the, 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 the event. And there he is. He's got... Um, He's got eight top 18 finishes since the Ryder Cup last year. He's super consistent. He's got to win at some point. I would yeah, think. and I know he's won a, a lot around the world, but for some reason he can't get that PGA um, Tour win. I think, I mean, obviously he's he's always in it, so at some point you think he's, he's going to get one. But, yeah, he's, uh, he definitely looks like he's walking on a cloud with those sketchers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, I, I was looking at the PGA Superstore at those that – my fiance loves dogs. They have a women's dogs golfing. They're really branching out sketches. They got the dogs <laughs> golfing shoes. Now I saw, I I'm actually a, a little bit embarrassed for the PJ Superstore. They have so many pairs of sketches in there, but whatever. I know my dad rocks a couple pairs of them. He's, he's a big sketchers guy. Big Kuchar, big Kuchar guy. Big man <laughs> Kuchar guy. That's right. All right. Well, our, um, our, course for this week is the Byron Nelson TPC Craig Ranch. Uh, I think it, it's around Dallas area. It plays with 7,500 yards-ish, but it is above sea level. So I know the yardage seems like a lot, but it'll play a lot shorter than that. Um, I think it's tree line layout somewhat. Um, kind it of going to be your tune-up for Southern Hills. I don't anything else about the course that you can... It is and it isn't. There's trees, but it's like wide wide open too it's a weird course um so this is another new one right because usually it was trinity yes. fourth i believe yeah, it was, yeah, it was built, it's, a, it's a tom weiskopf course built oh. in like 2004 okay so they're throwing new things at us here every week we're we're gonna keep ourselves on our toes they're they're switching stuff up on us last year was the first um the first event there and on the pga tour uh, it's like 7400 yards but 25 under one last year so it's like, uh, you know, it's basically like TPC Twin Cities for us Minnesota people and the pros just tear it apart. Um, the Corn Ferry Tour played there in 2008 and 16 under one and 2012, 17 under one. So I, it's a course where these guys just light it up. 
would be my thoughts. Any insight, Tim? Have you played this one? I have not. No, this is uh, this is a private on the TPC network. Yeah, it's so a private TPC. Yep, haven't haven't had a chance, but uh, because of it's just outside of Dallas area and McKinney, um, the wind could blow. It's really the only defense to the course, so it's really weather dependent. Um, as Mike said, it's uh, the other thing to to take a look for is long iron game. Um, you tend to have uh, quite a few long irons into the par threes. Most of them are over two hundred yards, so. Uh, proximity with long irons is going to be key to scoring. Um, outside of that, it's yeah, it's nuke it and find it. Love it. That, that means my I really like my pick then this week. Tim, I like uh, my pick last week too. But speaking of picks, Tim surged back into the lead with the Canadian. <laughs> the Canadian. The Canadians won twice this year for us. Oh, so we go to Tim with three wins, Mike with two, and I'm still in the in the gutter with zero. So I need I, to really get a bounce back here. Bad. I don't. I don't know how I don't win with with my my pick that I haven't announced to either of you yet. So uh, Abe, Abe, I want you to know, day one looked pretty good. He was solid, and then just imploded. Weekend, weekend he was breaking. <laughs> just ball. fucking imploded. Break just 80, terrible. Holy cow! Speaking of break eighty, Jason Day. <laughs> Holy crap. Was that an implosion? He was not comfortable with, with the three quarter shots. He was not comfortable with, you know, playing, playing a different style. Cause he's a high ball hitter. He loves to, you know, bring him in from way up there. And he just did not look comfy trying to hit the shots that you needed to hit. So Tim's picking first year. He's the winner. We get to All right, Timmy, what do you got for this week? Hmm. Well, we're back, in, we're back in Texas. Oh, geez. Got, I, uh, already know, I already know where we're going with this. You cannot we got be taking Scotty Scheffler. For God's sake, he's number one player one. in the world. Holy shit. Go on and win. <laughs> hey. Jim's playing defense already. He's trying to protect the lead. <laughs> the lead will he's be. He's in a prevent defense. The lead will be kept and uh, furthered, boys. I, I don't know how you go against Scotty Scheffler right oh, now. for fuck's sakes. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling the Happy Gilmore guy with the with the bug, the, the VW bug to get out there. The only negative I have is that some guys come in, they use things as tune-ups prior to prior to the oh. big event, right? And I, I think that Scotty probably has a good chance in Tulsa. Um, but that being said, it, it's it's hard to discount when both of your picks have been so bad. I mean, good lord, just beat twenty something in the field. Yeah, easy game. And Scotty can do that. So if all I have to do is beat you two, uh, Scotty <laughs> Scheffler all day. I heard through the grapevine today on the radio when I was driving home that Scotty shot 64 at Southern Hills the other day at a practice round. So his game's okay currently still, if you're wondering. What, Man, what way, way to be go on a limb. To victory. What, let's just take the – we need to make some new rules for this year because I was putting way, I'm putting way too much time into this research for you to just take the number one player in the world. Surprised it didn't take Rom a couple weeks ago. <laughs> is it my turn? It is. I go for it. I should have right. taken Rom a couple weeks we're ago. Taking right. an, we're taking another. There's a lot of Texas vibes here. I'm going to go uh, with Will Zalatoris. I'm not just going to say a name and say, oh, he's the number one player in the world. You know, I'm going to give you some stats here, people. Last three events, he was uh, T5 at the match play, T6 at the Masters, T4 at Zurich. So he's coming in with good form. He got T17th last year at this same course. Uh, strokes gained T to green. He's second. Strokes gained off the T this year. He's 11th. Driving distance, he's 18th. Little Will, he weighs about 120 pounds. It's at 310 on average. He moves it. He moves it. 
And um, strokes gained approach, he is second. And last year at this golf course, five of the top six finished in the top seven of strokes gained approach for the week. So that's my guy, Will Zelatoris. Now, you might say, what about the putting? Where he is uh, 170th strokes gained. So we're going we're gonna to have to pick it up a little bit on the greens here at Craig Ranch for this to work. But uh, we're going to go with a hot ball striking week for Will Zalatoris. I think Will Zalatoris would rather have a 15-footer than a three-footer. So if he can just possible. put 15 feet instead of three feet, he's going to be just fine. Well, I'm going to go with the guy I picked at the, uh, the Zurich. Um, I think his game is just overall solid. I think he can move it off the tee. He can, he can bomb and gouge. He can hit long irons very well. And he's won this year. And uh, he's uh, overall, I think there's not a lot of weakness to his game. So I need a win this week. I cannot be <laughs> taken. I cannot be taken Keith Mitchell's and guys like that. I need to go with, I need to go with the, with the player. So I'm going with Sammy Burns. Um, I just think that uh, those kind of courses seem to fit him. So we're going to give it a shot. I just got to beat Scotty Scheffler and Will Zaltors. That's all I got to beat. Um, um, big task to say, but he can do Sam, it. Sam Burns, if you're listening to this podcast this week, which I doubt you are, but if you are, uh, you've just got the kiss of death. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> that is true. I, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah. I, I, to beat. You haven't done it yet. I, I don't know what to say. I feel like I watch a lot of golf and whoever I'm picking is not, not turning out. So he got second, I, I, he got second last year there. He did. He did take second year last year, so, but it was a different, different, different golf course, but. I'll have, you know, I watched a different uh, podcast 15 minutes before this to determine who was in the field and uh, who to pick. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how yeah, this and, rolls and out. Surprise, surprise. You took the hottest golfer on the planet. Ooh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't gamble. And so uh, shout out to, uh, to some of my other golf trips. I, I go to Sioux Falls for work frequently. And uh, I know it's a bit off topic now, but there is a wonderful um, casino golf course there, a Reese Jones design called uh, – Grand Falls, Grand Falls. It's in Larchwood, Iowa. It's in the very, very Northwest part. In fact, you drive two minutes off property here in South Dakota, um, but absolutely no trees, no trees. Love so, it. The way the game is meant to be played. That the sounds way like it a was meant to be played. podcast course right there. It is phenomenal. And I, I even forgot where I was going with this, but uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to, to that course. Um, had a blast there. Uh, Wanted to make sure that that was included. Speaking of right. no trees, now that I started, now that I started emailing all of our Scottish courses for next summer, I'm going to start working on the knockdown shot this week. We're going to, we're going to start getting ready oh. for that. We're going to start getting ready. For, we're going to practice a little bit. Can you imagine that, a lab next winter? How much, how much of the break 80 labs are going to get work yeah. on those knockdowns? Timmy, can you imagine, can you imagine me rolling the gray, the gray uh, cr- skull and crossbones Volvic in, no. in Scotland? Unseeable. Un- unseeable ball it's terrible design i played a few uh, holes with that at, at albert lee do you want your uh knockdown driver to go right or left because there, <laughs> there was only two decisions to be made yeah, it was a, we had a two-way miss going for a little while on the punch, <laughs> punch driver um, i got a couple i got a couple guys here if you're, if you're out there betting on this one uh kurt kitayama he is playing he was uh t15th this week at wells fargo and T second at Zurich, so he's playing well. And another little Minnesota spin here, Eric Van Royen. Eric Van Royen's in the field. His last twelve rounds, 
He's 28th in greens and rag and 24th in birdies. So he's played pretty well lately. And, and last he's, he's had a few finishes in the top 15 in Texas the last couple of years. So he's South African guy. He can play it on some hard pan or whatever. So maybe Eric can pull some out. A strong, a strong field, all, all things considering one week before it, a really solid. Yeah, field. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised actually with, with Southern Hills being re, redone. And what, what was the last time they played a major at Southern Hills? A lot of these guys weren't playing. 2007? Yeah, please? Tiger won, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot of guys haven't – it's not like it's been played a lot. I'm really surprised a lot of these guys aren't skipping this week and going up there. Maybe but. it's proximity because, I mean, Dallas is close to Tulsa, so yeah. it's similar weather, similar playing conditions. It's going to be an easy trip up after that Sunday. It's going to be a drive. It's short. I also think a lot of these guys haven't played a lot of golf lately. They kind of shut her down after the Masters, and maybe have played a, a, a you know a tournament or two, but but uh, want to maybe get a little tune up, see yeah. where they're at when the when the blood's pumping. You know how they how they hit shots and how they handle a little bit of pressure. So I probably won't they, be picking Will Zalatoris next week after he's grinded out a victory here. He's gonna <laughs> mentally he's gonna put it all into this one. They well, uh, they really got would, would be a pick after he misses the cut this week. <laughs> they gotta increase that that mandatory minimum of that number just so we can get some decent golf spread out across the year. It just it feels it feels like it's been weeks or a month. Well, with yeah. the with, with the Saudi tour coming with Sergio, I know with I Sergio know. hopping out, he's ready to go. Yeah, we didn't he's, talk about that. Sergio, after this, to get out of here. I wanted to bring that up. So wait a second, okay, Sergio, real quick. How long how long does he get to look for his ball now? Okay, so there's that. <laughs> but like, does he honestly think that a new tours is gonna have like just people that don't have rules that he has to follow like or like is this is the live tour guy going to you know be that much better at his job that you know he doesn't get angry about where his ball crossed or where rulings yeah. i mean i don't i don't see what how is that gonna change anything i i have heard uh, from from my contacts in the saudi league that you can have unlimited bunker tantrums yeah okay so um, exactly limited you can, you can i've heard they I, I heard they um They've they've based their bunker tantrum rule off of Tim Corlett at at Aaron Hills circa 2020. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't throwing a fit in there. It was more of a self disappointment. Oh. <laughs> I'm 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 a self deprivating guy. I just I, I I'm not gonna you know. It, it Sergio was hitting sand with his with his club in and out of the bunker. Sergio's a Taz. Sergio is you know. The, I, I hate this because Sergio has really grown on me a lot. You know, after he won the masters, he kind of mellowed out so much. Like remember before that, when he was always, woe is me. Yeah. Can't get a break at, in the British open multiple times. Remember 2002, 2002, when it was just shitty at, I think it was 2002, Beth page, like the PGA. And he, he went up on the mic and he's like, well, if Tiger would have been playing in the afternoon, they would have called this off. You know, he's got, he's always, yeah. he like puts his foot in his mouth more than anybody ever. And here he did it again, which I've, Maybe he'll go to the Saudi tour, but like I have a hard time thinking he he lives here. He's he's married. He's lives in Texas. American. Did he marry I, I, American? He puts his foot. He he gets whenever something doesn't go right, he puts his foot in his mouth. Well, I mean, who are they? Who are they getting now? Too? It's going to be Sergio and Phil. And I mean, I, I know there's a lot of Phil fans, but the real side of Phil isn't all that. It's no. not rainbows and sunshines. And Which, by like, the way, Phil's got some major his gambling debts. Have you, did you read that article this week? Are, uh, are, are, are severe. How Phil and, and John Daly aren't hanging out at the regular, <laughs> I do not know. Because yeah. you think he just the thing with Sergio on that hole is he parred the hole. Yeah, he did. Like 
even if he would have found it and played it, I can't. I had a hard time believing he would have done any better. Yeah. No, Sergio is one of those guys. Not not one of my faves. Just like you said, things don't go well. It's somebody else's fault. It's not you know whatever it might be. It's the greens or there was spike. He was a, he was a classic spike mark guy too. Oh, yeah. You know he loved to miss a three footer and mat down the spike mark that he never never got fixed. I will say this though, man, nobody can compress a golf ball with an iron. Man, he gets a leg. Man, he can he rip it flat. Yeah, that thing just comes drops in that slot. Really nice. I've got to say, if anyone if anyone is interested in metal spikes, they are phenomenal. <laughs> um, I did, did ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for take them on your local course. They have the most traction you'll ever experience. When, um, you, need, when you need traction on a practice swing like Tim does, you, you need metal spikes because this guy rips it. He grips it. One of those, practice swing. I hit one of those at full full power, and I think it carried two ninety up that. Yeah, day. it was it was so yeah. much better. It was so much it was so much more majestic than your normal drive. I'm trying, to figure out, I'm trying to figure out if you're going to actually go to the practice thing as your normal swing. No, it's just, it's wild. It's just, it, as Tiger said, it, all those years ago, as I was learning golf, you hit, you hit everything at 80%. So uh, that's what I do. I like that. Well, that's one more thing on our agenda. I, I have a topic that I want to bring up. Um, uh, you know, Mike and I are both golf coaches. Tim, you played high school golf, I believe, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Tim played high school golf. So one of my things in my team right now, we're, we're very young, you know, we're not in the, you know, we're definitely not in the late conference like you, Mike. So we're trying to find ways to, (laughs) I feel like we're to the point where we've got some decent swings. We can, you can move the ball around a little bit, but for whatever reason, we are struggling scoring. We can't find a way to score the golf ball. There's something that prevents us, you know, if we're playing nine holes, you know, we can't get to the low 40s. It's always got to be mid 40s or high 40s. We cannot find a way to take that next step. And um, that's the varsity team. Yes. Well, again, we're, we're, we're out in Howard Lake. So we're not, you know, we're not talking uh, city schools here. We're, we're finding guys that like to play the game, have played it now for a couple of years, but cannot find a way to take, especially in competition. I mean, they can go out and shoot some good scores when not playing in, you know, actual tournaments. But when you have to put everything out and, like, you know, like you said, Tim, sometimes putting out is difficult. <laughs> how, how can we get them to take that next step? And so that's kind of the, the topic I want to bring up to you guys today. What is the, what is the idea to get them to be able to, I, I like to call it scoring. Cause I think honestly, it just comes down to figuring out a way to get the ball in the hole quicker. Even if, you know, it means that you take a bogey or you, you lay up and just, you know, eat a stroke. Cause you know, the other one's going to cost you three strokes, you know, whatever it might be. Um, when it comes to the high school kids, and I think, I think for people listening, um, you know, you, you have some, you have some really good high school players. And I have, I have, I have one that shoots 72 to 75 pretty consistently and a couple others that shoot in the seventies. But I think most of them are kind of like your average kind of high handicapper. Um, and I think a few things, one one thing I notice a lot is they get so frustrated with a bogey. Like they watch the PGA tour, like they have this perception in their head that a bogey, you know, they watch the tour and guys make a bogey and they're just pissed and whatever. But like for your average golfer, bogeys here and there don't hurt you. The big numbers kill you. You know, if you have an eight on each nine you're screwed. You know, that's, a, that's, that's too much to, to overcome. If you want to shoot around 40, you know, cause you're probably going to have some other bogeys there too. And maybe a double or whatever. So I think 
I think one for scoring wise to be decent is just avoiding the humongous number. Uh, and a lot of that is to me is around the greens. You know, you get, they, they miss a green, they miss a green and then they, they don't get the next shot on the green. Step one is get the next one on the green. They either try to hit some shot, you know, young kids especially are enamored with the 60 degree flop shot and hitting it high and, they desell and they chunk it. Now they're hitting another one. Um, so I think step one is, is just get it on the green somewhere. And then I think um, putting, putting wise, I was just talking to the coach, Diana, who's got a really good team. They're the number, they're number one uh, in the state of Minnesota right now. Um, and they're the best in our conference, which is the best conference in Minnesota. Um, and we were, we were playing last week and we're watching kids and they're putting the way they putt is almost backwards, long leg putts, they are so aggressive. They want, they think they need to make them all, you know, like tour pros from 30 feet. Don't make them very often. That's what I tell my guys all the time. Uh, so the kids will, they'll hammer it. They'll play way less break. They'll hammer it by instead of, you know, playing more break, laying it up there. And then on the putt coming back, you know, the putt they should be aggressive with, take some break out of on that little, you know, three to five footer or whatever that they've hammered by the hole they'll they'll baby it they're so scared of like three putting or something they'll baby it and it'll break a bunch and you know they'll miss on the low side they do things that almost in reverse of what they should um so i think putting is a big one you know you have kids who routinely will shoot 80 something or 90 and they'll have like 40 putts which is way too many especially when you're not that good ball striker. you're not hitting that many greens if you're not hitting a lot of greens you shouldn't have that many putts so that's probably where it starts to me i think yeah, how do even your uh, let's say you're real good as a as a younger guy? How does your even younger guys just know how to score? Like, how do they just know how to fire even a seventy two to seventy five? Like, I just like there's a maturation point of everybody in their journey of golf where it's like they figure something out. Like, you know what? I figured out how to even when I'm not shooting my best, you know, find a way to still on you know on nine holes shoot a thirty eight or you know salvage a, a double bogey and come back from. Like, how do they? how do they just innately have that ability? Like I know every, there's a lot of guys that can hit a ball, you know, that's, that's part of it, but just in scoring terms. Um, I have two things. One uh, playing tournaments, you know, junior PGA or whatever, being comfortable, being uncomfortable and, and, and get yourself, you know, you play those tournaments in the summer, you get yourself into some situations where you, you learn a lot about yourself and, you know, the game. I think for, a, even for adults, play some tournaments, go, go try to play in a stadium qualifier or something or some tournament. You learn a lot about yourself. It's not like you're just playing with your buddies, picking up three footers and, you know, you, you learn things when you're uncomfortable. Um, the second one, I think, and, and I've, I've noticed this sometimes it depends. You once in a while you have your prodigy, it just plays golf but I have found that kids that typically play other sports tend to handle stressful situations a little bit better than kids who maybe haven't because they've been there in other sports once in a while. And, you know, when times get tough, they, they can hang in there, but I don't know. It's a tough one. It's such a psychological sport. They have such expectations like just because they've shot 40 once in their life, they think they should do it every single round. I don't know. It, it, a lot of practice, short game, short to me, it's all short game practice. That's, that's what they, they blow most of their strokes. That's the average golfer too. Yeah. And I think that's, like I said, I mean, I know obviously this is a high school question, but I think this is a question for a lot of us, like just 
you know, whether you're a really good player and want to get to the next, it's always that next level to, to find a way to score. It's like, if you're, you know, shooting high eighties, how do you get to high seventies? You're shooting high seventies. How do you get to high sixties and, and so forth. And just taking that next maturation. I think for the better players, it's usually mental. Yeah. You know, it's usually something with the way you think something with the way you approach your, your shots or whatever with the guys that are not quite their skill wise, there's probably something skill wise, like, uh, you know, just strategy wise that they probably <clears throat> should be doing. I know Tim's got a philosophy on this, Tim. I know you got a good philosophy on this. What on, on strategy or, uh, oh, just playing better, smoke a cigarette and get over it. Get oh going. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Get the kids started early. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> uh nothing like killing the nerves with a, a little dart on the first tee. Um, but what we used to do back in, in my competitive days was make everything competitive, whether it was short game practice and dumping balls out from, you know, 20 to 100 yards and in almost a line with your shag bag uh, or putting games and chipping games on the green for, you know, a Gatorade or, or just pride in general, but making everything competitive um, both while you're playing and, and practice. Uh, and the other thing that we took a big look at in going into some of the tournaments, just because some of the courses in Iowa weren't that nice, or we weren't playing all the way back. If, if something was shorter yardage, we would have a golf coach that walked out to the cars and, and physically put clubs back in our cars, leaving the driver in the car, uh, especially if it was a narrow course with shorter yardage um, and showing us that you, you don't necessarily have to hit the biggest club in your bag off of every tee. Um, showing us that it's not the end of the world to hit a, you know, a five iron and then a, a eight iron into a, a short par five with OB on the right versus hitting the driver OB and uh, having to re-tee and then having a, a wedge in from there. So um, using some of the, the strategy, Jeff, that, that you might see on the course that maybe the, the kids don't see on the course, uh, bringing them out and familiarizing with them and, and making every aspect competitive just so they're in a mind space to jump into that or be ready for that when they, they see it again. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think you got to make everything out with something on the line. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of people that practice, but there's a lot of people that don't practice. Does that make sense? Like there's just something about their practice that isn't beneficial. They're just basically wasting their time. There's not something yeah. you, you can't, you can't hit a shot with some, there's no, there's no shots really, unless you're just playing really bad. You don't care anymore with, there's not something on the line. Like you should have a feeling of, you know, pressure. And yeah. Just, and uh, I, it's a metaphor for life, right? It's, yeah. uh, you know, there's something on the line and you're going to get a bad bounce and you're going to get a bad break and you have to come back from it and do the, do the best that you can every time. I think what you practice really matters also. Um, and take, take this with a grain of salt. Cause I know I've said it here multiple times that I don't really practice, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> this year, this year I might actually practice. I, I think I'm going to go out and practice a little bit of short game stuff, but um. I think, you know, let's talk putting. There's really two things you should practice. Leg putting, you know, long putts, getting it up to the hole somewhere, you know, where you can have a tap in or short, and then short putts. You see a lot of people people go drop a ball at 20 feet. That's really kind of pointless practice because I don't know what, are you expecting to make a lot of 20-footers? The PGA Tour players don't make a lot of 20-footers. The best players in the world don't. So you should be practicing short putts so that you're confident that you can make, you know, a short putt, you know, even up to like 10 feet, you know, but, but for sure three to five feet, 
make more short putts and, and, and be a better leg putter, you know, three putt avoidance. That's step one. And then I think all short game, other stuff from all kinds of chips around the green, being able to use different clubs, not just hit the same 60 degree all time. And I think really having your wedge distances, you know, like, 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 a, like a clock, you know, you can hit a 50, a 60, a 70 yard shot, um, you know, at, at least somewhat functionally up onto a green is big. Um, and then I, th- I think personally, um, I, th- I think I would practice a driver, driver and wedges, you know, cause I think most people are playing golf courses, you know, unless you're playing 7,000 plus yards, you know, most people are playing golf course where if they're hitting a driver decent, they're going to hit be hitting a lot of wedges and it's going to be like driver wedge, driver wedge. Driver. So if you're, you know, that, you know, that's what I would practice a lot of get off the tee and then be a good wedge player and, and putt better. You would be amazed at how fast strokes can fall off. If you just don't three Jack every other hole and you can hit a wedge onto a green. It's like, it's, it's very basic stuff. It's not, it's not, like you said, it's not even proximity to the hole. It's just, from 70 yards out, put it on the green. I don't care how far away it yes. is. Like just get it on the green, like, or, or, or avoid the just giant monster bunker that you're going to take three hacks out of. That's, you know, just sitting to the right of the pin, you know, you know, it's like, I think that's kind of where, where they have to, but it's, you can't, you can't like walk. Some of that has to be self learned. I mean, like you have to be able to self know your own strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's where some of these kids lack. Have you, yeah. uh, have you brought up, I, I'm sure just they start to get old enough now with, you know, some kids in calculus, even um, statistics. Have you brought up stuff like decade golf and, and kind of the statistics of, of misses and which I always says, dived, go, I, I always says dived, go for it. I have not dived into a lot of analytics with them, but I think that could be something that would be interesting actually, to, to be honest. Uh, I think, I think showing them and telling them certain things about, and this is not just, you know, this is golfer, really good golfers, even like what their make percentages are, what their, you know, it's okay to be 40 feet from the hole on a 80 yard shot. Like that's, you're not at the level where you should be 10 feet proximity. At least my kids. As, as two teachers too, you probably have, I mean, obviously have a lot better background than myself and, and how to visualize those things. But the, my thought process on, on looking at a green now is if there's a a depth hazard on one side you almost shade one side green and you slowly fade it to, to yellow and then you slowly fade it to, to red on a rainbow color scheme across the green on where you should be aiming and, and where you shouldn't of course um, course man course management's huge for a lot like they don't yeah you know they just pull yeah. par four and par five they they pull driver no matter what you know kids do of course management's big but um yeah, decade decade golf would always say just go for it on par fives. I'm gonna throw it out there, but um, you know, another, another thing is I think a lot of um, not only the high school kids, but your average, you know, let's say somebody shoots ninety or yeah. something. I don't know if they necessarily know how far all the clubs go. You know, you need you need to understand that f- for the most part, not always. There's exceptions, obviously, but. You can get away with missing left and right a little bit if your yardages are are okay, you know. But but missing sh- really short and really long a lot, especially long usually, doesn't doesn't work that well. And a lot of kids, I think, really struggle. They just don't know how far they hit everything. Like you should know, you know, if you, how far you hit your clubs. Every club in the bag. Yeah, 
And I think you think, you know, especially this spring, you know, you, you think you hit a, a nine iron one fifty, but really because there's lots of wind and it's yeah. colder and there's just a lot of things that come with experience. But and I think I think that's you said it. I think playing in some tournaments, being uncomfortable there, there are so many things in this game that you almost have to learn on your on your own by doing. I mean, you you can't as a coach, there's so many different things that could happen. You can't go through them all. It's just it, it's just too many things that can possibly happen out there. You people have to do it on their own um, to, 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 you know, get better. A lot of times. Are we still talking about high school golf or just golf? We're talking about golf in general. Scenarios. This is everyone. I think so. So anyways, well, fellas, uh, we've had quite a long chat tonight. Um, As always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Hopefully listeners out there continue to, uh, give a shout out, support us if you can. Um, give us some ideas for the pod, and we're probably looking to have a few guests here coming up in the future. So, for sure, have a great night, and everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Yep, Timmy, have fun down there. Thank you, certainly will. And I'm well, Timmy. All right. Maybe today's the day I brigade. What the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80 is the gold. Did you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. And he's on break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.